All right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Chide sore yo, kaze no yo ni, tsukimi hara yo, padoru padoru, I'm David. No. Gonna have to unpack that one for me. I think I just butchered it. It's. Actually, I don't really know the origin, but it's sung to the tune of Jingle Bells? Badly? It's a meme okay. about Christmas. Mm-hmm. This little oh, okay. I thought it had to do with the vaguely samurai theme of this uh, episode. No, no, it's, we're into December now, and and, and this I guess, I guess it is thematic since Drift is a weeaboo. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I I I think he's supposed to be robot Japanese. I was yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I was put in mind very specifically stern, towards David. Weird. Of uh, nice dad Cadgar hmm? and mean dad Illidan from the World of Warcraft Legion expansion. <laughs> yeah, it, Illidan really isn't a dad. He just has followers. I guess Cadgar is a dad. He's Dadgar. He makes a lot of dad jokes well, dadgar, in the yeah. quest text. <laughs> he's the nice dad. What used to? Dylan is the dad who who will drive through the McDonald's drive-through and just order himself a black coffee. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, in this episode, we must confront the crisis that one of our mini cons is missing. Because someone was being a mean dad. Someone, I'm telling you, what actually happened was that they wanted to go to McDonald's and Drift went through the drive-through and just got himself a black coffee. (laughs) <laughs> we have food at home. <laughs> yes. It was exactly like that. He looked genuinely confused. Because he's always very earnest in his emotional lack of, I guess, lack of emotional intelligence. Yes. And uh, this episode's title, kind of a weird reference to, uh, or at least an obscure mm-hmm. reference. Uh, to a uh, a British movie from 1942, one of our aircraft oh. is missing. Yes, oh. it felt like a reference, but it was like a reference although to I something thought, I've never heard of. And yeah, it apparently is. Although, admittedly, I my mind went back to the 1975 live action Disney comedy. One of our dinosaurs is missing. I don't remember <laughs> that either. I, I take it from somebody who rented it as a kid on VHS. Not as many dinosaurs as, you, as you'd think. Well, that's because they're missing. It's about a microfilm that is hidden inside the, a dinosaur skeleton. Okay. Uh, is this like the There's the time that my dad was watching, I think it was Island on Top of the World, and it just absolutely seemed like it should have dinosaurs, and it actually just had, like, Vikings or something that was boring to me when I was eight years old? I mean, it is boring, but it's... It's you know it's kind of like a like a that darn cat kind of some kids get involved no. with, um you know, paleontology. Spies. No, uh, not even it's it's a it's a secret microphone that's just hidden in this by Chinese spies, and you'd better believe that all those Chinese spies are played by white people. Oh, oh that era <laughs> of oh. Disney movie. Ooh. Ooh. Oh yeah. Ouch. Uh, starring Bernard Breslau as Fan Choi. Ooh. No. Ooh. Uh, Peter Ustinov as Nup Wan. And uh, Transformers veteran Clive Reville as <gasps> Quan. Oh. 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 This sounds... So is it like a toy dinosaur then? Because that's... No, it, it's like a skeleton in a museum. Oh, yeah. This absolutely... Oh. I would absolutely expect this... If you have a movie with the word dinosaur in the title that is of that vintage, it absolutely needs to be, like, Journey to the Center of the Earth kind of, like, dinosaurs. I demand bat- crummy stop motion at the very least. Yes. I demand Doug McClure. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Well, yes. No, this was a yes. British movie, so you're getting uh, you're getting Joss Ackland, and you'll like it. Aww. Well, you stick Doug McClure in there with like a Peter Cushing or something. It'll Patrick McGowan. Could well, we apparently get? Apparently, you're also getting uh, John Pertwee. Ooh, Pertwee. Oh. I would I like some Patrick McGowan, please. 
Ooh, that oh that makeup looks really racist. Yikes. <laughs> oh, sp- speaking of live action Disney movies, that just makes me think of uh The Three Lives of Thomasina. Mm, I don't think Again, I It's a mid 60s uh movie about a cat. Look, I grew up uh, and- in Alabama. My my Disney movie experience is like 90%. It's it's split 45% old yeller and 45% song of the south. Which I absolutely watched oh in some kind of after oh, school no. thing at some point. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, yeah. But uh basically in, in Alabama all the like childcare people were very fond of putting on old yeller. <laughs> Ooh oh that that's depressing. Occasionally you might get where the red fern grows. <laughs> Oh, speaking of depressing, pick on pick on the the dead dog movies. Yeah, there there were a lot of dead dog movies in my childhood. This may be why I've gravitated towards cats. I I might have grieved enough pet right. dogs before I turned ten to ever want to deal with one in real life. Well, and that's the thing about the Three Lives of Tom Cena. It's a dead cat movie. Oh, Whoa, no, no. does it die three times? Yes. Hence the three lives of Thomasina. Although, uh-huh. uh, if you ask my mother, she couldn't tell you as she was dragged from it uh, sobbing. I think uh, after death one, <laughs> understandable, and has yet to see the rest of the film. Uh, yeah, that sounds like circa me. circa like nineteen sixty three. That that sounds like me. Gotta watch happy animal things like uh, the littlest hobo. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, this episode. Written by Zach Atkinson. Uh, this is his first uh, Transformers writing credit, but he will go on to write a bunch of Rescue Bots episodes and a bunch of Cyberverse. Oh, Ooh, okay. Yeah, well, I thought that start. name sounded familiar. I guess from the opening credits of Cyberverse. Uh, other credits include Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters. Oh, no. And apparently there's a new Woody Woodpecker show. Oh, really? Oh, is it on Netflix? I feel like. Why? I assume so. I think that's where all cartoons you've never heard of go. Yeah. Netflix really, really wants me to watch Code Lyoko for some reason, and I don't know why I... I don't know what I did to deserve that. I have no idea what that even is. You should look it up. I barely watched it the first time around. Wow, wasn't that No French one watched it. something? It was something like that. Oh, was it like one of those fake French anime a la... Um, Totally spies. No, it's Kinda, more like a no. It's half CG, half the character designer was really obsessed with the Android saga of Dragon Ball Z. Okay. <laughs> All the characters have giant so you get foreheads. Like a... Oh, I was gonna say, is there like a green guy with like a cone head? No, no, no. The androids before it gets to the Cell saga. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's. I thought he was an android. Well, he is apparently the, one. He's the unnumbered one. Okay. Apparently, Netflix got a hold of it, and they seem to think it's something I should watch. Anyway, we open, and I hope that you're all ready for some football. I am never ready for football. No football games are canceled now, or something. I don't know. <laughs> Just the college ones, the pro ones. They're still limping through. Weren't some of them canceled? Like. Didn't, like, the Ravens end Not up canceled, having, just... like, two uh, football games in in two days or something? I, last... I mean, it was something like that, because they had to push the game back to Tuesday, because they had so many guys test positive. Yeah, yeah I've I'm seen, in like, the, the, uh, the region. I'm in the region. I'm in the D.C. metro area, which counts as, as Ravens, part of Ravens territory, as well as Washington football team, which I entirely expect to either just change their name back and hope no one notices, <laughs> or just try to name themselves something even more racist. <laughs> but I, I think I, I heard mean, that on the news basically fits with the guy who owns them. Yeah, I think I heard on the news that the Ravens have like twenty people out for COVID right now. Yeah, it's bad. It's a lot of people. Oh, were they the team that like, had I mean, three the... quarterbacks out or something, or like all of them? No, that was uh, that was the oh. Denver Broncos. Maybe they should just stop trying for a bit. They've all got so much money. 
You know who doesn't have money is these children playing football. <laughs> yes, that's right. It is it is hot football action, and Russell he he muffs the pass from Butch, and Butch is trash talking him severely. Yes, and then finally, you know the. the uh, uh, Hank has to tell Russell that, hey, you know, you don't have to take that. That pass was terrible. She's got a good point. Yes. I mean, that, that pass was, uh, we would call that uncatchable. Yes. High and wide. Oh, yes. But as Butch has decided to go on the offensive here, that automatically puts Russell on the defensive. So, yes, very good uh, psychology going on with these children. Yes. Yeah. So, so you know, Hank tells him to stand up for himself, and then you know, just insists that he pay it forward with another act of uh, pushing someone else to be assertive in their own lives. I guess I'm kind of glad that we don't spend the entire rest of the episode harping on the concept of paying it forward, because that is something that one of those little like phrases <clears throat> that I don't know. Probably there's like a movie with like Gwyneth Paltrow yeah. about it. Uh, that there is a movie with. Kevin Spacey, Haley Joel Osment, and I want to say Helen Hunt. Ah, okay. Yeah, Helen oh. Hunt also works that, in this. I, I'm pretty sure Haley Joel Osment gets, like, stabbed to death in that movie. What? How do you pay that yeah. forward? What? Do you have to stab a second child? <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, wow, I, I got all three. And then Kevin Spacey has, like, a bunch of scars on him. Uh-huh. He's, sure. He was in, like, a fire or something? Maybe they couldn't, like, harp on the concept through the entire episode because it's trademarked. Oh, wow. And uh, playing uh, Haley Joel Osment's abusive and alcoholic father, John Bon Jovi. Oh, Whoa! Wow. Huh. Somehow John Bon Jovi plus Helen Hunt equals Haley Joel Osment. I'm not sure how I'm that I'm going to say this movie came out in 2005. How close am I? You are off by five years. That is a 2000. Oh, okay. I I mean, it would help if you... I mean, I remember enough to know that Haley Joel Osment is, like, not far off from Sixth Sense. Okay. Mm. I probably just remember it being in 2005, working in a used bookstore and just seeing that, like, cheap bargain bin DVD come through a lot. Oh, definitely. So yeah, Russell, he's back at the scrapyard, and he's trying to figure out who he's going to pay it forward to. Obviously, his first choice is Grimlock, but nobody pushes Grimlock. Tiny cats push you around Grimlock. I guess that's not the same. Well, yes, but it's not like he need. Yeah, you stand up to those tiny cats, uh, Grimlock, (laughs) and I guess eat them? (laughs) No, don't eat the tiny cats. No, don't. Just... I mean, if, if if this were a somewhat more Rick and Morty esque show, that that is probably what would happen. <laughs> it would just be there'd just be this B plot of of Grimlock like asserting himself. I mean, there could have anyway been a B plot of Grimlock like going up to tiny cats and just standing there and looking tough in front of them as a way of standing. <laughs> <laughs> And the cat's just like, I don't know, coming over and licking his foot and him caving and freaking out. Uh, The idea of a Rick and Morty-like Transformers show is horrific in concept. An episode, maybe. (laughs) One episode. I mean, they're they're probably going, they've probably got Transformers somewhere in their big bin of episode ideas at some point. Probably. Anyway, but this episode truly kicks off. When an escape pod plummets from the sky and crashes into the scrapyard, ejecting somebody surprising. Mm, who's there? Yeah, I, you know, it's not, it wasn't quite. Who's that minicon? It wasn't quite as impactful as like the one at the beginning of uh, Springload's first episode where Strongarm is driving and stops and turns around just like, you. Because you see his silhouette, but you still see enough of his silhouette that you could easily be like, oh, that's one of Drift's minicons. Oh, it's a small boy. Yes, it's somebody somebody extremely tiny. It's a small boy. Yes. Actually, my notes specifically Uh, say, you can tell that's a small. (laughs) You know, spelled Uh, S-M-O-L. It is Jetstorm. Yes, Jetstorm. The one who is mostly black colored. 
Yes, which I... As opposed to the red-colored one, who is Slipstream. I guess Jet Black is a thing, so that can be my mnemonic for remembering which one he is. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one, but then I guess Slipstream is just the one who is not Jet Black. Well, he's he's red like your bloodstream. I mean, once you open it up. <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> well, yes. Anyway, yes, he is like I. I have left my. I've committed a, a grievous error, and I must forever hide my shame. <laughs> and so now I. I must become Russell's student. He's such a okay, good little sure. boy. Also, he hits a bunch of Denny's stuff on the way in, which is sad. Oh my! My lawn gnomes. Yes, he crashes into a bunch of Denny's lawn yes. gnomes. Hashtag not my lawn gnome. <sighs> yes. Poor Denny. And un- unfortunately, he's also crashed into some of the stasis pods. <gasps> and specifically, the one that contains Quillfire. So it is time for To Viva La Revolution <gasps> again. <laughs> I like Quillfire. I'm glad he's back. And so he decides to release an ally, and he releases Springload, Deranged Frog, Treasure Hunter. He basically just opens up... managed to find the one crazier. Yes, he he basically just goes for the first other stasis pod he sees, and it happens to contain Froggy. Yes. Tribit. And Frog. (laughs) Yes. So he's like, oh yeah, well, he, he sees him just... He's interrogating a bunch of carousel horses and then kicking them apart when they don't answer him. Yes. Yeah, he seems more unstable this episode. I mean, he just woke up from a stasis nap. Yeah. And you've got to figure, he's having some crazy dreams in there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, so he's all, uh, hey, well, perhaps the the spirits have, you know, first he's, you know, he says, you know, I'm looking for the way to Duratus, and that's all, oh, well, that doesn't exist, crazy person. And, but then he sees him kicking his carousel horse, and he's all, oh, crazy strong person. Yeah. Springload's basically like, oh, I oh, will oh. kill you. <laughs> he's like, uh, oh, well, what's this? Oh, uh, oh, oh, the, the, the. Uh, yeah, the spirits have spoken to me, and they're telling me that, uh, you know, the only way to get to Duratus is to help me in my uh, quest for uh, for communist revolution. <laughs> Makes sense. So, so they book it out of there, and so you know, fix it is you know he's checking his sensors, and then he is immediately frightened by Drift, who is looking for. His yeah, other Drift's just standing there, staring at him, stuck up on yes. him like a ninja. It's not a very good samurai. I mean, he. I'm. I'm both samurai and ninja. Yes, he is. Whatever. That's probably a thing, right? Japanese kind of thing you need him to be. Ninjarai. Yes. Well, some ninja were just sort of samurai without jobs. Who ended up? <laughs> I need work to do. Okay. You'll pay me. I'll be loyal. Well, and, and and then because he is, he seems to be a masterless samurai, so he's is he also a ronin? Yeah, that, a ronin is probably a more accurate description of what he is. He's just sort of wandering, masterless samurai, <clears throat> lugging around these small children. Oh no, he's lone wolf and, and cub he's, he's, and Mandalorian. Only a jerk. Well, he's lone wolf and cubs, I guess. He's yeah. double Mandalorian. <laughs> well, the, the problem is like. Mando and Lone Wolf and Cub, they're nice to the child. Yeah, that is the thing. Yeah. I mean, that show would be a lot less pleasant if Mando was just yelling at Baby Yoda all the time. Which is why this dynamic Instead of just trying to get him to do, like, like, electrical repair work. Yeah, Mando manages to hit it perfectly right. Like, he's bad at having a child, but he likes having the child. Yes, he tries. Whereas Drift is just... He's really a big softie. Yes. Drift, like, there might be a soft center in Drift, but there's so much crunchy, aggressive exterior that it doesn't work. It does... So, I like that there's, like, a big... It does make me wonder if there's something, like, an animated, how there was actually this whole, like, order of Autobot 
martial arts types. Like, if there are other, like, people who are of the same, like, class and philosophy and training as Drift, and if there's, like, a master. Yeah, do we ever meet anymore? Uh, We do eventually, yes, meet uh, Drift's... Sensei? At least his old, I think his old master, who I believe is played by uh, Ian James Corlett. Ooh. Uh, Cheetor himself. Wow. Not quite as good as George Takei, but we'll, we'll accept it. But, uh. Yes. I mean, I guess maybe his master is the Autobot Council who is paying him to be a bounty hunter, which I guess is not a priority of his anymore. Well, he, he already said that he's, you know, gonna, you know, not pursue you guys. Well, yeah, but that just means you go anyway, back and you pick up another job. Yeah. I realize I am thinking about well, this guess... for approximately at like 90% longer than the people actually doing the show. So he's a samurai. Maybe he's still doing gigs on the side. Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. I'm overthinking it. You just seem again. to have a lot of free time and just messing around with some that's, much. Yeah, that's it is my kind of job. overthinking it, but like. Like, all the other characters kind of work. Drift is just the, the weird one that, like, is odd. Or maybe after he wouldn't bring in the Autobots, he got, like, blackballed. So he's unemployed bounty hunter. <gasps> oh, no. He got kicked out of the guild. That would be more interesting if it came up. Yes. Yeah, I... Well, I mean, he has too much pride to ever say, Listen, I need to crash on your couch. <laughs> yeah, but you could have one of the mini cons. Just need to get it. back on my feet for a few days. See, I... Is there... What is the fridge situation here? I I bring the fan fiction writer like philosophy of coming in and immediately overthinking all of the world building so as to to flesh it out more and it it's not really made for that. It's the Well the fleshing out's good, but like character motivation has to motivate character actions and drift seems aimless. Like even it being a bounty hunter, he wasn't it's like, no, I give that up. I'm not going to take you in. It's like, okay, well, then what are you doing? What is your purpose? Other I... than shepherding these small children? Like, it would be interesting if, like, the, the minicon said, well, he got kicked out of the council. We ain't got jobs anymore. Can we crash at your place? Because he's not going to tell you because he's grumpy dad. <laughs> Something. I, I am definitely, uh, I have been swayed to the side of believing that he is actually unemployed now, but doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> works. But the important uh, thing is, so he's yes, an that, asshole. Yeah. He's still an asshole. Yes. Hmm. And I like that there's a big dramatic sequence here where he ejects uh, Slipstream to look for Jetstorm, and then Jetstorm's just right there. <laughs> oh, <he's> a... <laughs> yes, yeah, he just I, I walks found up him. to him. And he's immediately mad. Yeah, cause... And Russell is not having it. He's all, hey, listen, did you just come back to Earth to yell at him? Yeah, that's that's literally the line. Is Did you follow Jetstorm to Earth just so you could yell at him? I mean, I, I guess he did. Yeah. And, and Denny is very, ah, son, maybe you don't want to yell at the robot samurai. <laughs> the giant robot... Yeah heavily armed robot samurai I mean he's probably not going to cut us in half right in front of the other Autobots but maybe <laughs> anyway so we of course it turns out there is more there are more pressing matters and that is that these two Decepticons have escaped and they are getting close to a human military base and shocking for the show it is not an automated military base <gasps> no well what not, not entirely but we see guys there. We see guys leave, and and then that is the last humans we see in the episode, other than Denny and Russell. Also, oh no, no, no we see some military. We oh, see fuck, those military right. guys. Yeah, there, there, are, are dis- there are disguises. Uh, what? I forgot about that scene because I didn't like that scene. What is with this extremely Megatron-y <laughs> tank they've got here? Like, what oh is my this God. military well, oh, doing? Oh, but for, before we get to the tank, though, we have we ha- we've got a bumblebee catchphrase. Oh no. It is time to bring the zoom and lower the boom. No. Which, it's not good, it's, it's, it's a good start of a phrase. Lower the boom well, kind of like, the like he, he specifically says never rhyme. He's right, because yes. it doesn't work in this case. This is saying number 11. It, it, workshop it a little more and, and you get, might have something there, B. 
Like but yes, maybe, big maybe tank. Maybe wheelie, Bumblebee. But yeah, this this tank is insane. It like my first thought is, oh, it's Megatron's new alt mode. <laughs> it it definitely looks like something that would just be there for a very large, powerful Decepticon to scan in. It's it's black. It's got yeah, like yes. fifty g- laser guns on it. Yeah, it 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 kind of reminds me a bit of like Armada Megatron, but mm-hmm. taller, which uh, is weird. I'm pretty sure this is the guy who almost kills uh, Hound in the first episode, first issue of Generation Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got that kind of thing going. It's a very Transformers, like it's a very Cybertronian tank. So it's it's kind of yeah. weird that this. Well, is and luckily, American it is the familiar. world's roomiest tank. Yes, as we will find out, it's super spacious. Yeah, because, I don't I mean, know what uh, the. Every- why the cockpit? What, do you, what the hell do you call a cockpit of a tank? Would you, I think the cockpit. Where where the, the people go? In a tank is normally the most cramped place on the earth you can get outside of a submarine. But somehow this one's oh, yeah. huge. Oh yeah, you're banging your elbows on everything. Yeah. And somehow these two guys who are literally the size of cars can fit into it. Yes. I mean, kind I, of I small cars. Assume, uh, based on some... Based on some evidence from later in the episode, I'm going to assume that these guys are actually part of Mask. Mask? Ooh. Oh, but it, do- it doesn't transform. I was thinking they were part of R-A-A-T. Maybe it does. Maybe they just, maybe the Decepticons just didn't find the transform lever. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they pulled the button, this thing actually turns into like a speedboat or something. <laughs> yes. A helicopter, somehow. <laughs> Yeah, a helicopter somehow, by which I mean, like, two little skids come out the bottom, and a rotor comes from the top, and that mm. can somehow fly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, just like a car's going doors, they go up, they become wings. It's it's just science. Yeah, that's... Vehicle science. That's how it works. Anyway, so the Autobots head out, and the, uh... And Drift and his two Minicons decide that, you know will come along as well, instead of just hanging out at this base and getting all, uh, you know, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf on each other. Okay, I, I'm lost at that reference. Just, you know, that they'd spend, you know, this time on the scrapyard, like, sniping at each other. Oh, okay. In increasingly uncomfortable fashion. Yes. Oh. Which is fine, I would totally watch that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and Russell is a little upset by how quickly uh, Jetstorm goes back to teaming up with Drift. Although, I mean, listen, Russell, you're a nice kid and all, but you can't fit a minicon into your forearms. No, and and Jetstorm <laughs> does say that he's trained to deploy from from Drift, so he's gonna go back yes. to Mean Dad. And yeah, mm-hmm. Russell and and Denny is like, you know. Things are complicated sometimes, son. So, like, just chill. Chill. So, yeah, cut to this military base. A bunch of human troops leave this tank unattended, and I guess with the keys in it. <laughs> yes. Well, ta- um, actually, would you have keys in a tank? I don't know. I may just turn That I'm not sure. Turn. All I can think of is that uh, uh, Goldeneye, where Bond steals a tank and destroys half of Moscow. <laughs> Yeah, ah, oh, shit, and I think I've actually been inside a tank, but well, it was a really old one, so I don't know about the key situation. Probably something. Well, on a modern one, yeah, it'd probably be like a key card or something. Yeah. Anyway, so he's all, oh, uh, well, you know, this this vehicle, this, the spirits have told me it will pave the path to Doratus, and that's good enough for Springload. Yeah, he's extremely gullible. Hmm. <clears throat> Well, especially since Quillfire just turns around and talks behind his back as he's hopping away about how he's conning him about being a spirit talker. But, hey, at least I got a big tank in case shit happens. Oh, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's, he's monologuing like Iago. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, uh, the Shakespearean character, not the parrot. Not Gilbert Gottfried playing a parrot. Yes. Somehow Gilbert Gottfried has never played the Transformer. It, it seems like a natural. That does uh, seem like something that would have happened yeah. in one of the movies. Or yes. like animated, he would have been a you guest know, star like maybe. Steve Buscemi, or just an episode of Robots in Disguise. Like he has 
Decepticon of the Week written all over him. Yeah. Yeah. He has Minicon of the Week written all over him. <laughs> <laughs> Small anyway, and angry. So they, uh, you know, the Autobots catch up. This tank is being followed by a military convoy. And among these military vehicles are green recolors of Prime's uh, Beast Hunter's vehicle mode. Oh, that's what they were. Mm. And remember, that was from Mask. So it's possible these guys are indeed from Mobile Armored Strike Command. With a K. Command is spelled with a K. Mm. Yes. Well, of course, it couldn't just be Mask with C. That would just mean, I guess, masculine? (laughs) Yes. That would be hilarious. Uh, Which I guess would mean a team up with them and the Autobots would be Trans Mask. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in favor of this. This is fine. Anyway, anyway, where are we? That means it's disguise time, baby. Yeah, well, I yes. am kind of distressed De- that Denny- these these military people are able to be these military people who are in charge of what is obviously experimental high powered weaponry are able to be deceived <laughs> by Agent Fleber or Sergeant Fleber. Whatever right oh, he gets This himself. is Major Thaddeus Q. Lieber and his superior officer, General McPlank. Yes. I, I have ah. to assume Thaddeus is from um, Thaddeus Ross, the uh, the uh, Hulk's arch nemesis and sometimes father-in-law. Oh. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. It's uh, Th- Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. <laughs> I was thinking Thaddeus Venture, but sure. I was thinking uh, Thaddeus well, no, is a good, serious-sounding name. Yeah, this is this is some serious stolen valor here. Uh, <laughs> it's bad. Ooh, yeah. it's from bad. Uh, Russell and Denny. Also, uh, Russell absolutely has a ridiculous, like, I guess like a horseshoe mustache. I'm not sure how you describe that, but oh, it's yeah. definitely like, an extremely I mean, like, mustache. A mustache. Uh, like, a, like a Fu Manchu? A Lemmy. I think a Lemmy is... Yeah. And of course, even this 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 uh, this soldier, uh, Lieutenant Ziegler, is all. Uh, isn't that General a literal child? <laughs> I'm going to call this in. <laughs> yes. But the thing is that his comms have been hacked by Fixit, so he just gets Fixit. He's like, oh, did you meet uh, Major Fleeber and General McPlank? Uh, yes, they're in charge now. Says, Don't mind my bizarre vocal tick. I'm not a robot. <laughs> my extremely robotic sounding vocal tick. But sure enough, it works. Just barely. And I, I do love that Denny's disguise suitcase is like this floral patterned, uh, circa 1975 piece of luggage. Yes. That he Isn't probably it, got like in a, a buy with, thing? like, some of those lawn gnomes and one of those big boy statues. I believe you mean Bucky the Breakfast Beaver? Yes, Bucky the Breakfast Beaver. Anyway, so they, uh, you know, they're on the chase. Uh, the Minicons are now with the humans, and Jitstorm reveals the, the terrible error that he made that made him leave Drift Service. <gasps> what did he do? Oh, a secret so terrible... He hasn't even told it to Slipstream, his brother-in-arms. And it is that he polished his sword, clock. the polished drift sword clockwise instead of counterclockwise. <gasps> how dare. How dare. How, how dare to the point that even Drift doesn't know he did this. It, it's... A sitcom confusion level. It's this is definitely adorable, like but so slice of life anime level of of miscommunication. Yes, possibly. Yeah, sitcom. Well, yeah, but usually there's sexual tension involved there. But there is not sexual tension here. But we can not we can here. fix that. I can fix no. that. <laughs> we can fix it. So Russell is going to yell at Drift about this, but then the tank gets here and it's time to fight this tank. Yes, and big tank fight. Yeah, everybody gets hit by a bunch of everybody gets hit by a bunch of rocks. So soon it's just up to Drift and the Minicons. So Drift's plan is that I, you know, I will draw their fire. You disable the tank. 
Yep, they are going to get into the tank, because I guess there is not, there's a lot of room in there, but I guess not enough room for, like, all of them to be in the tank fighting as giant robots. And uh, instead, Drift gets shot, and the Minicons have to drag him out of the road before, well, it, it looks like, well... The dialogue is all, oh no, he's going to be run over by the tank, but it looks like yeah. he's just going to pass under this tank <laughs> yeah, if he doesn't sit of, up. Yes. Right in the middle of the H tank, the treads would miss him. It, <clears throat> it's such a common thing that usually happens that I'm surprised they didn't just lay down and it roll over them. That's normally what happens. You don't... Yes. It's like, it's like a rabbit trying to run away from a car. It's like, no, you yeah. just freeze and lay down. What? And so then, and so then he's displeased because they saved him instead of following his orders. How dare! Well, it so, would have worked if you weren't unconscious, dummy. <laughs> well, and so finally, you know, Russell is all, "Come on, this is this is crazy," and you know, you're you're being really terrible to these small children, and <laughs> I I can't let you do it anymore. And and they have a plan, and maybe you should actually listen to it. Instead of yelling at them about every little thing. Which is is all fine and well, but the the plan that they have is the exact same plan. Let's just have some more Autobots as distraction. Yes, and indeed the Autobots do manage to uh, take out most of the tank's weapons. So, yeah. Sideswipe is, is hacking off its guns, uh, and they're hollow inside, and I have questions. Wait, robot, tank, drone, it, uh, who knows? The lasers, I guess, just yes. come the from inside. In there, and, we don't know. Yeah. Lasers. It's lasers. It's all magic. Once there are lasers, yes. you're technically working with magic, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And the, so the minicons do get into the tank. I like that uh, Quillfire is yelling about miniature oppressors. Yes, that was a great <laughs> yes. line. Need this episode needs more quill fire. It's some good quill fire needs more quill fire. Yes, and uh, you know, basically, they sort of get them fighting each other, and you know, uh, Springload becomes convinced that, or you know, he, you know, he's, you know, the spirits would never harm me. Well, yeah, the, uh, quill- you know, the one who's destined to find Doratus. Quillfire says something about like basically says you you have to do what I say or the spirits will punish you, and Springload calls him on his bullshit. <laughs> it's like the spirits would never yes. harm me. You must be a false prophet, and and yes, yes. turns on him at, at that point. Quillfire overplays his hand, and it it gets ahead of him. Yes, and this is also where I believe is it. Drift who like slices the tank's main barrel and then bends it. Ah, uh, uh, I, no, I think that might be sideswipe. Oh, the sideswipe, side yes. Because oh, he's got his I sword at this point. I could have sworn it was Bumblebee. Mm. I'm not I mean, going to fight. Also... It's somebody who is red, yellow, or orange. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Quillfire just fires his quills everywhere in inside this tank, which it turns out is a bad idea. Yes. And then Springload tries to lash out with his tongue, but he ends up electrocuting himself. There's some great animation from him while he's being electrocuted via tongue. Yes. <laughs> and so everybody's sort of hopping out of this tank to safety because it's about to blow. It's about to blow up. Well, slowly hopping out of it, the minicons are forcing Quillfire to throw a. Spring load yeah, they're out, telling but... Quillfire to jump because Grimlock will catch him, and then Grimlock pointedly does not catch him. Yes, because he doesn't care. But uh, wait, do, do they throw Springload just like into the bushes? Do they yes. ever catch Springload? Yes, we see him okay. in the pods at the end. Okay, I, I must have blinked and missed that. I was taking a note at that point because it's like, wait, they just threw him to the bushes and then they put the handcuffs on Quillfire. But did they get Springloader? Did he roll down the hill? Is he still out there? <laughs> but then, as they're trying to hop out, um, the the hatch kind of falls, and uh, Jetsworm gets trapped. And so, at great risk to his personal self, Drift has to go there and save him before this whole thing. But he doesn't up. actually get there. He starts to go, where I think he just stands there and yells, but then the little minicon gets out on his own right before it explodes. 
Yes. Which felt like it was setting up a dramatic, oh, Drift has to get up there and cut him free. And yes. say something nice to him, and then get away from the explosion, but no, that it didn't happen. Well, it just had me thinking of that uh, monorail episode, uh, The Simpsons, with uh, Leonard Nimoy. Well, it looks like my work here is done. You didn't do anything. <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Wait, unless he cuts the cannon off, does Drift actually do anything in this episode? Uh, I mean, accomplishes anything. He also had a bunch of minicons. He brought, yeah, he brought a minicon. And as uh, as Russell admonishes him at the end, he actually finally apologizes to his minicons, mm. and then compliments them, like, like pulling teeth. Has to be berated into it. Oh yes, <laughs> and then even kind of. Uh, you know, he's obviously, you know, he, he even he thinks that the the Jetstorm was overreacting just a titch by running away from home forever. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He ran away. He ran away from home. And he also has a great line for Russell here where he's all, well, your assumption was reasonable, but your expression of it was highly unreasonable. <laughs> I think he calls it highly... Uh, not disrespectful. Insubordinate. Yes. He calls him insubordinate. Oh, insubordinate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, he does have a point, but Russell gives a big eye roll and womp womp womp. Yes. <laughs> so we're back at the uh, back of the base. The two Decepticons are back in their pods and Drift is all. Listen, they are still trying to sell my action figure, so... <laughs> I am going to stick around, and perhaps I can learn some teamwork from Bumblebee, who, while not particularly good at anything, is well-liked and pleasant. Yes. He is at least sociable. And I don't have anything else to do. Listen, I can't tell my wife I'm unemployed. Yes. <laughs> And uh, that is it for uh, for one of our minicons is missing, as one of our minicons is no longer missing. Yay! And we are this going one, to continue was... to have recurring minicons. That's right. And this one, this one was okay. I I kind of like the the villain team up more than anything. Yes. Yeah, the villain team up was great. The the drift stuff is just reminding us drift is a jerk. Yes. I mean, there there are two wackiest villains so far. Yeah, it kind of would have been more interesting if, like, the episode was mostly about them just trying to run away from the Autobots and the Autobots kept showing up to interfere with and eventually catch them. Instead, it was mostly focused on Drift being a jerk and small child's issues with that. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, you know, a solidly decent episode. I I like the little mini-cons. They're good and precious. They're good babies. Uh, They're good childs. Uh, they're good smalls, uh, so I am glad to see more of them, and I hope we continue to see more of them, and we will, because Drift is sticking around. So he can learn how That's to right. be a leader from the guy who's like a high school teacher. Yes. Alright, so I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes, this week on Chukyu Sentai GoGo5, The Terrible Symmetry. Salamandines is still in hell uh, And it's Christmas Last episode was Christmas Eve So these two episodes happen The day apart They're just Christmas Eve and Christmas Day It it seems like a lot of stuff Packed into two days for two episodes But anyway uh, Salamandines is still in hell Where Hades hell And the only way to get out he finds is he has to eat the hell beasts in the, the dimension he's trapped in to get out. So it's it's very weird. You have to eat the monsters to become the monsters, and then he gets strong enough to get out of there. It, 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 this is a very weird Shadowlands quest, and, and <laughs> I, I'll probably skip it next playthrough. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. But anyway... While he's going to beat up the monsters that are already dead monsters and kill them again and devour them, which is just him sucking gas into the the monster puppet's mouth instead of actually chewing on them and having blood on his face, which 
would have been more fitting, but maybe a little graphic for a children's show. Yeah, I would have liked it. It's fine. Anyway, the Pink Ranger is out Christmas shopping on Christmas Day. Oh, never wait Who that does long. That? No. I mean, it, it's in Japan, so it may not be as hectic, but it's still Christmas Day. Yeah, that's that's that? way too late. The shops are closed. I guess over there the shops may be open, but still, that's rude. Alice, I... I'm not exactly sure what she was out shopping for, but at one point she's staring in a window at a stuffed bear. So I, I don't know. Maybe she was just getting food or something. Mm-hmm. But she bumps into a small child who's waiting her for her mom at a Christmas tree who wants a bear. It turns out the mother has been missing for two years and disappeared on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. That gets resolved at the end of the episode, but we don't know why she was missing for two years. The, the child has been at an orphanage with Catholic nuns for two years. Whatever. <laughs> sure. Like, it's, an, it's a child-focused episode that doesn't have much focus on the child. It's, what? Why? What happened to the mother? Christmas How episode. How is she back? Was she in a coma or something? What is going on? It's a Christmas episode. Jingle though. bell sounds. You ching, Santa's ching, in the background. Ching, which ching, 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 ching. It is kind of disappointing for a, a, a Tokusatsu mm. Christmas episode that there isn't focus on Santa or something or a Santa-themed monster. Oh, I love Santa-themed As happens themed in monsters. many other shows. Oh, yeah. There's, there are some great ones out there. Or, um, oh, is it? Gavin, it's one of the metal heroes that has a Christmas episode that's wacky. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, uh, um, Spielman, maybe? Scheider? Maybe it's one of the ones that begins with this. Anyway, back to the episode. Um, Salamandines ate enough demons in hell that he becomes more dragon looking, breaks out of hell, starts wreaking havoc. Oh, and, he wants to get stronger, so the family butler helps him construct a hell tree <laughs> that, like, sends out tendril roots, wraps around people, and turns them into Christmas ornaments on this demon Christmas tree. So it is at least a, a demon was, Christmas tree, if not a demon Santa. Okay. It, it is a demon Christmas tree, kind of, but it's just a normal-looking, like, 10 foot tall Christmas tree with giant ornaments on them that have the souls of people trapped in them. Mm. So that's kind of cool, but it could have been like, it could have been getting taller as the episode went on or something. Mm -hmm. It was just, just a regular Christmas tree. Uh, oh, chaos, the monster, the two faced looking monster that was in the last episode is back and he gets killed off in the process of this episode, but he's sort of like Salamandines is plus one for this episode. He's just along for the ride. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, oh wait, there's there's a song that plays in the fight at the end, and I didn't look up which one it was. Oh, was it? Damn it, it's gonna kill me. I I don't think it was Night on Ball Mountain, but it was one of those classical music pieces that used used every once in a while in a big epic fight. Was it Ride of the Valkyries? Oh <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't think it was that. Okay. Oh, now it's killing me, and it's not on the wiki. Inception music? (laughs) No, it's old classical music. Is it Night Owl Ball Pound? Maybe? Oh, that's gonna gonna devour me. I should have looked that up. Anyway, classical music fight scene. It's all epic. They defeat Salamandines thanks to the power of a mother who did come back after two years and loves her daughter and that depowered the tree or something. Whatever. Good wins because family. Yeah. Sure. That sounds reasonable to me. I mean, it's a good symbolism that the monsters, like, they're not, they're family, but they're not good family, whereas the rangers are, but... Mm -hmm. Where was this mother for two years? Somewhere. It, but that's not important. It, It's not important, but it's such an odd thing in the episode. It's like, she was gone for two years. On Christmas. Two Christmas. Where? What? It's not even a tossed off line. Like, it doesn't matter where I was. No, there's there's no resolution at all. Anyway. Salamine Dines dies. And he's gone. And then his family's like, Oh shit, the, the dark emperor crystal he had is gone. Oh, we don't have a dark emperor anymore. And mom's like, fuck it, we don't need that. It's like, okay, fine. She doesn't care about her son, dad, her brother, or his brother and sister sort of care. It's like, oh, he's dead. That sucks. Are we next? 
And, and the butler is so distraught, he just wanders off down a street at the end of the episode. <laughs> the monster fly butler, it's like, oh no, Master Salamandines, the little baby I cared for is dead. <clears throat> and it's like, I guess nobody else cares about him. No. Nope. He's just the butler. So it's a weird, it's a Christmas episode, which is good. But it's not as Christmassy other than the demon tree. Like there's no there's no fighting Santa Claus or fighting for Santa Claus or fighting alongside Santa Claus. That's disappointing. There are episodes of other series that do that. Needs to be more Santa Claus. Needs to be evil Santa. Oh, there's some <laughs> great evil Santas in Tokusatsu. Or or you get actual Santas in Power Rangers more often. <laughs> All right, so that does it for this episode. We will be back next week uh, with more Robots in Disguise. Until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we are on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, and... Finally, we get to talk about New Mutants. Oh my god, how long has it been? How long have they been trying to put that movie out for? So long. So long. Forever. Like my entire life. (laughs) Since the dawn of time. So yeah, uh, for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, you can have access to this month's episode in which we finally talk about New Mutants uh, and all of our back catalog of lots of exciting specials, uh, random episodes of 80s cartoons, uh, big budget movies, uh, occasional random lesser known movies, uh, lots of fun stuff. Uh, so yeah, as little as a dollar a month, you can listen in on that. New Mutants! Alright, so, until next time when we find ourselves in some deep trouble, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Padaru, Padaru, I am David. Mm-hmm.